Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Before we start talking about Star Wars, let me mention the sponsor for this episode. And today that is Spoken. Spoken is an online service that can help you to develop your business English on your mobile phone. Spoken are offering all of my listeners two free lessons and then 20% off all of their courses. Go to getspoken.com slash LEP and then sign up for your free lessons. An English teacher from Spoken will then send tasks, texts, audio and video to your mobile phone through WhatsApp Messenger. You complete the tasks using the keyboard or microphone, and then your teacher will send you more exercises adapted to your needs. It's like having an English teacher in your pocket. Uh, lessons take about 30 minutes, and you can choose when to practice, how long to practice for, so it's flexible, adaptive, and convenient. Go to getspoken.com slash LEP, or click a Spoken logo on my website to get your free lessons, two free lessons, and then 20% off all of their courses. Okay, right then. So, let's now talk about Star Wars, and here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. How are you? What? What? What, really? No. I don't believe it. Oh, it's... Oh, it's just a joke. Oh, well, that's fine. You, you, hey, you and your jokes. You're very funny. Uh, anyway, uh, in this episode of the podcast, you're going to hear me talking to my brother, James, about the latest Star Wars film, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, which was released in cinemas just over a month ago. So here it is, more stuff about Star Wars. Yay! Um, there will be spoilers in this episode. There will be spoilers. So there you go. You have been warned if you haven't seen the film yet watch out you might want to wait and watch the film then come back to this episode um i've had a few comments and messages from listeners expressing their interest in hearing us talk about this film so here it is what have the critics been saying about rogue one well the film has received generally good reviews rotten tomatoes gives the film an 85 percent rating which basically means that the majority of critics liked it the critical summary of uh this film rogue one um on Rotten Tomatoes goes like this. Uh, The website says, Rogue One draws deep on Star Wars mythology while breaking new narrative and aesthetic ground and suggesting a bright blockbuster future for the franchise. Okay, that's what uh, Rotten Tomatoes said. Rogue One draws deep on Star Wars mythology. That basically means that Rogue One sort of Uh, includes many different references to uh, the Star Wars universe while breaking new narrative and aesthetic ground. Breaking new grounds, that means kind of doing new things, exploring new areas that haven't been explored in a Star Wars film before. 
And the whole thing suggests a bright blockbuster future for the franchise. So basically it suggests that the, the, the whole Star Wars franchise is likely to uh, be a successful one in the future. In fact, um, uh, plans are, I think, for uh, a new Star Wars film to be released sort of every year for the rest of time. Um, so that was the critical consensus from Rotten Tomatoes. There has been some criticism, of course with some people suggesting the film is just recycling old ideas and that it doesn't have enough character development and it's basically just a cynical way for Disney to squeeze more money out of the massive cash cow that is the Star Wars universe. Uh, For example, Amy Nicholson of MTV in her review suggested that it's just a whole a big exercise in nostalgia and that uh, it doesn't really break new ground at all. Uh, Amy Nicholson said... Audiences once packed theatres to gawk at the future. Oh, look at the future. Look how bright it is. Now they go into the cinema to soak in the past. Oh, nice past bath. Oh, so warming. The emphasis is is placed uh, on packing in as much nostalgia as possible and then tersely editing it together to resemble a film. That's a sort of a slightly paraphrased uh, version of what Amy, Amy Nicholson from MTV said, that audiences used to go to see Star Wars films in order to be amazed by the future, and now they go to see Star Wars in order to soak in the past. Uh, the emphasis is on packing in as much nostalgia as possible and then just trying to edit it together to resemble a film. So this one is for the fans, I think. I mean, I mean the movie and this podcast episode. Because uh, Rogue One was arguably made to please the fans of the whole franchise. And similarly, this episode of the podcast is for the Star Wars fans too. Um, if you're not a Star Wars fan, then um, I hope that we manage to get across to you what we find appealing about the Star Wars universe, while also dissecting the film as a piece of entertainment in itself. Um, Our conversation is quite rambling, and we end up talking about quite a lot of other things along the way. So it's not just all about Star Wars. We do make reference to a number of other things, including World War II movies, uh, the moral ambiguity of war, the actions of Winston Churchill during World War II, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Carrie Fisher, and some other films, including one called Ah. That's actually the name of a film. Ah. That's A-A-A-A-A-A-A-H, exclamation mark. Ah. That's a film that James has seen. I haven't seen it, and... Every time I see him, he's always going on about this film. He's like, oh, have you seen that film? Ah, oh. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, no, no, that's the name of the film. Ah, oh, right, I see. So anyway, he talks about ah a little bit, which sounds pretty funny. Um, and we also talk about Trainspotting 2, uh, the sequel to that film with Ewan McGregor in it, uh, which was, you know, a big hit in the 90s, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, Trainspotting 2 is coming out this year, so we talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, We also make reference to The French Connection 2, and a couple of films by a director called Jim Jarmusch, who makes these slightly obscure films, uh, kind of arty, obscure films. And we talk about one of his films called Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, uh, which stars Forrest Whitaker. The actor in that film is Forrest Whitaker, who also stars in Rogue One. And also, we talk about Jim Jarmusch's documentary film about Iggy Pop and the Stooges, which is called Gimme Danger. 
Uh, also, we make up a couple of possible Star Wars crossover films. Like, imagine if um, we had Star Wars crossing over with another movie franchise. Uh, and what would that look like? So we kind of end up talking about that idea, including a Han Solo film starring Indiana Jones set in the Star Wars universe and an Obi-Wan Kenobi film set in Scotland starring Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi in which Obi-Wan has become a heroin addict living in Edinburgh, just like in train spotting. So some sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi train spotting crossover type thing. Let me just say again, spoiler alert, there will be major spoilers in this episode. Uh, we're going to give away plot points for Rogue One and for the Star Wars universe in general. So if you haven't seen the films yet, then you might want to wait and then come back to this episode later. Um, plot summary. Okay, do I need to do a plot summary? I don't really need to summarise the plot. If you've seen the film, you, you know what's going on. If you haven't seen the film, you might want to wait and then come back to this later, as I've said three times now. Um, I'm not going to read through a plot sum summary. Um, instead, I'm just going to stop doing this introduction now and just let you listen to the conversation. How about that? Yes! That's a huge audience of people going, yes, we agree. As ever, I'm interested in reading your comments. What did you think of Rogue One, a Star Wars story? Did you think it was wonderful and romp through the Star Wars universe or a tiresome uh, retreading of uh, things that we've already seen before? Which one did you think? Well, I look forward to reading your comments. You can now listen to James and me talking about this film. And here we go. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day, they grow stronger. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. This is our chance. with me all the way do you want to talk about star wars for a bit okay uh you're a star wars fan aren't you would you say yeah i'm a fan i'm not i'm not a blind obsessive fan i know it's it's just a film <laughs> yeah of course do you have a favourite film in the series? 
I quite like the original Star Wars A New Hope mm-hmm. and I like Return of the, not Return of the Jedi Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. um, not so keen on Return of the Jedi but um, why not it's a little bit cheesy in places what because of the Ewoks the Ewoks and uh, it's still good I, I think it's know. really good I really like Return of the Jedi. I think there are some we really did, good yeah, moments. Okay, I like Return of the Jedi as well. Right. I like the new one a lot. The s- episode seven. Yeah. The, the the prequels are crap, though. Everyone knows that. Yeah. They're, they're really They're bad. rubbish. Really bad. Okay. We did an episode uh, last year about uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, episode seven. Yeah, I thought that was good, but I think this is actually even better than the new one. Really? Rogue One, you think is better? Yeah. Why do you say that? Um... It's a it's a bit less it's a bit more grim it's a bit more like a war film mm-hmm. it's a bit less cheesy I don't know I'm not because the other films less gimmicky the other films are all about this family saga aren't yeah. they it's more of a standalone story mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like they're having to shove in loads of reference like all the old one the last one where Chewie turns up and Han and all that C three PO and well they're in it though aren't they C three PO and R two D two they they are in it for a but second. But it felt like a bit less um like things were being shoehorned into it. It felt like it existed more on its own right. basis. Because one more. of the critici- criticisms of uh, The Force Awakens episode seven is that it's just recycling every single bit from the original film and maybe the best bits from the other ones sticking it all into one sort of best of Star Wars kind of thing where there are no real original kind of moments in the story. It's just sort of rebooting the franchise kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but this one is doing that less, you think? Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Okay, I have, I have got some sort of stuff. I've got some notes and things written down. Uh, but why did you like it then? What was it that... It felt like a old school World War Two war movie. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Dam Busters or a bridge too far, a bridge too far, or yeah. Or like, like the, the long, Battle of Battle of Britain, the Battle of Britain, the Longest Day. These yeah. and the Guns of Navarone. Yeah, the Guns of Navarone. That's the one I was thinking of. Actually. Right. What is it about those films that's it's kind of similar to this? Like a, a sort of ragtag team is put together to do a sort of impossible impossible mission. Yeah. Against great odds and yeah. some bit of military hardware that needs to be taken out of the picture. Right. And you see the planning of it on. It's all you know. This massive, impossible, sort of powerful uh, weapon system. Usually something like that. Some key part of the enemy uh, army or force that needs to be taken out in order for something else to happen. Yes, yeah, and it really is an impossible mission. A sort of an attack on a castle kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. And a plucky band of, of people. Of misfits and um, insurgents, basically. Right, right. Kind of some, some local... Um, Resistance. The resistance. Like local resistance. Yes. Like in, you know, Paris in the war and Freedom stuff like fighters. That. No, locals that are pretending to be, you know, under enemy rule, but okay. they're actually secretly planning things with the rebellion. Like terrorists sort of thing. Oh, yes. And also like the French resistance in World War Two. Right. That right. kind of thing. They're kind of living under imperial rule. Yeah, and secretly planning against the okay. overlords. Okay. All right, then. Yeah, that was a lot, of, a lot of that happened in World War Two in France, and, but probably Belgium and all mm-hmm. over the place. I found there was there was a part partly in the film there was this sense of a moral grey area. A little well, bit. that was definitely something that hasn't been covered before in the original films. It's just they're princesses and they're goodies. 
and the baddies are baddies. And it's, it's about as complex as it gets. It's really clear in the force as well, the good, the light side and the dark side yeah, of the force. In this one, there's one bit where one of the guys says, I've done terrible things for the rebellion. Yeah. And it makes you realise there is sort of some moral ambiguity going on, like, is is it total war, you know, mm. are collateral casualties okay? There's that bit in the film where they've kind of failed to get acceptance from the rebel high command. And so there's just a gang of them and they go off to do the mission on their own. They're kind of discussing whether it's worth carrying on with the war yeah. when so much suffering has been carried out already. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's it's still sort of cartoony, but at least then it's a nod towards moral ambiguity in war and things like yeah, that. Yeah, there's that, there's that moment where there's a big gang of them. Because all... sometimes watching Star Wars, I think, but all this... It's kind of like the argument some people in Britain thought we shouldn't fight World War Two, that it would be more damaging to the world mm-hmm. to wage war rather than just live under Nazi rule, basically. Right. And some people probably kind of thought that. There was a sort of movement, a very relatively small movement, but still there is that argument that, you know, should Churchill have done all the things he did do? Churchill, for instance, did some pretty bad things like yeah. bombing, bombing Dresden and whatever, which yeah. is not strictly, well, not in any way a military target. Yeah. And a lot of things go on in war that are morally ambiguous mm-hmm. or plain wrong, even yeah. if you're on the, the goody side, in inverted commas. There is that moment, as I was saying, where they're all kind of lined up. There's a group of them who are going to do this mission. And they're kind of, yeah, he says, you know, we've done, many of these men have done terrible things, you know, and, and they're all sort of like hardened, beaten up soldiers from the front line who've done nasty things. In fact, one of the main characters, you see him laser a guy yeah there's two rival rebel groups essentially and there's one that's saying you can't i can't remember what happens but they're gonna put something at risk mm-hmm. and they has to shoot another good rebel, guy basically. Yeah. well not good guy another rebel yeah well they are good guys because the empire is evil we all know that, yeah. But. yeah 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 but there is that sense of this sort of like this these sort of um yeah these uh how would you say like guerrilla fighters who've been fighting since childhood sort of thing and it's like the gritty end of the star wars universe down on the ground level whereas with when you're following the skywalker story that's kind of like in the upper echelons of the star wars world hanging around with jedis and it's all about the 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 light side and the dark side but this is more like what is it the han solo says uh you know the force is one thing but it's nothing like a good blaster at your side kid you know that line it's a bit like that isn't it you know yes it's all about blasters and just gritty fighting. There's no lightsabers in it, are there? there? No, uh, at the end, there is an appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that uh, big moment at the end of the film where there's definitely a lightsaber going on. But no, in this, you get that sort of kung fu guy, you know? I, yeah, don't, remember the, I don't remember the name of the character, but there's a guy who's, who uses a stick and he's blind and he does all this kind of martial arts stuff and he's Force-sensitive. He's feeling a bit Force-sensitive. Force-sensitive. Oh, I'm feeling a bit Force-sensitive today. I don't think I'm going to come to the pub, lads. I'm feeling a bit Force-sensitive today. Um, he's a bit Force-sensitive. Uh, and there's that whole sort of, like, um, uh, double act between him and the dude with the big gun. Kind of bromance. A bromance, yeah, that's right. And so what's the story there between those two, then? Oh, who knows? What's going on? Because I'm sure there'll be a spin-off film in the future about those two. You think so? But there's Where some... they end up huddled together in a mountain sort of cave. In a tent somewhere. Freezing, yeah. <laughs> to get like, close to each other for warmth, like Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but one of them thinks he's force sensitive and he's blind. 
and the other one is sort of always looking after him and the one guy believes in the force the other guy doesn't and the one who believes in the force is like going out doing these risky things he thinks it's the force that's saving him but actually it's this guy who's got his back or is it or maybe it is the force exactly and we don't know such is the mystery of the force that's right and this kind of this this thing about the force exists versus no it doesn't is kind of like on a knife edge with those two isn't it and it's, is it clear at the end whether he's using the force i think he does does he ever actually force grab or move something with the force can't remember I'm i don't think he I does saw it, saw it weeks ago but he sort of senses like the danger of the the atat walkers you know before they arrive and various things like that okay Anyway, it's not clear whether he's got the force. But the film's really good because uh, it's also a big spectacle. There's lots going on to look at. And there's uh, lots of amazing, amazing effects. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I'm not really into CGI, but when they're good, you know, they're brilliant. And yeah. uh, those space battles with all the spaceships flying around yeah. above a kind of palm tree tropical planet yeah. is really cool. You know, you yeah. get to just stare at all, especially at the cinema, you get to stare at all this impossible space machinery flying yeah. around. And when they crash into each other, the level of detail of stuff, just like, how the hell are they doing all and, this? And they've done it in... I the mean, world. I know in theory, but how many people have they got programming these things? Yeah. And can you, like, set something to crash into something else in this 3D modelled world and it automatically know where things are going to break? Or do you have to program each individual little thing yeah. every little bit of machinery breaking off is that animated by hand yeah or is it a set program that will kind of animate those bits as they break it's like up a crashing crashing uh, spaceship uh, um program if anyone knows yeah how do they, please how tell the us hell do they i do mean it? are they literally animating every single little tiny bit in a collision like that a crash yeah by hand or how is how is it exactly or is done? it a program that automatically generates crashing yeah. spaceship effects I, yeah it's just unbelievable right they must just have thousands of thousands of animators and when you think about the original star wars it was literally a model on a black mm. background you but know. they've managed to keep that same look somehow they yeah. looks the same when they're in space because they got that really right in the original films yeah it looked real whereas buck rogers or whatever anything that come before it never looked real yeah but they actually refined it down and put in the work to make those spaceships look They real. look really good and really simple, and they did look like sort of uh, World War II German fighter jets and stuff. You know, like this squarish kind of pale grey design. Bit, a bit like a Stuka or a Messerschmitt something or something. like that. There's, there's something of that in there. Uh, but the prequel films got that wrong because it was far too rich and smooth. I mean, in, the, in the prequels, they had a ship that was just silver, Shiny, shiny, silver. shiny, smooth, and it silver. just didn't look like part of the Star Wars world at all. Yeah, yeah, and it looked cheap and nasty. Yeah, and the effects were awful. It was like watching a cartoon. The the prequel oh, films. All, I mean, some of them were quite nasty as well. Some of the stuff with the young Darth Vader getting his arms burnt off and everything, yeah, and he's screaming. Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking that's not really suitable for kids. Yeah, or you know, it's it's not very fun or like exciting he tried to make it dark he tried to make it dark and it was quite dark I thought it was a bit horrible yeah and especially when you've got Jar Jar Binks twatting around the place Mm. anyway let's not talk about something wrong with those films I'm not sure what's the matter with those films delete them really just Just press delete I I wouldn't be surprised if the Star Wars universe at some point does remakes them yeah they might do that they might be like we're going to redo this now that now that Disney owns Star Wars you know that the world is going to end before Star Wars does yeah, 
That's for real. Right. They're never going to end. I mean, society, civilization, capitalism will have to completely collapse before Star Wars finishes. Right. And even then, it still won't die. So mm. it's, it's, it's a franchise that's going to go on forever now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney do go back through episodes one, two, and three and redo them and recast them and basically retell the story of Anakin Skywalker they could do a better job like the way they did with Batman and stuff you know they rebooted rebooted it and it made it darker and all that they could do that with the prequels they might they do they probably will and there are other solo films that are going to come out and there's Lego Star Wars probably that's Ma- yeah, probably going to yeah, be a film probably. Yeah. It's going to go on forever. And they're going to do like a Han Solo When are we going to have film? like Star Peaceful Agreement? <laughs> star Treaty. Star Treaty. Star, let's all just sit around and discuss this around the table. Star Compromise. Yeah, Star. Star International Space Settlement. Yeah, I mean, what, what happened in Northern, well, that's fallen apart now, hasn't it? Star Peace Agreement. Star, yeah, yeah Northern Ireland Peace Deal. Star Peace. Yeah, and everyone uh, could just go back home and just. Well, they just on. sit around, compromise, raise taxes, raise public spending, mm-hmm. and it'd be sort of you know, right? Everyone, I don't know how you'd quite get the empire. Well, isn't, to go isn't that what the it. empire are trying to do? That the empire are trying. They in their mind, they're trying to create peace in the universe. Well, yeah, that's what Vader always says. Along with the empire, join with me, and we can bring peace to the galaxy. Right. So that's what they're that's what are the conditions of that um we don't exactly know we just know that bad stuff goes on and they have like slave vast slave empires and stuff don't they do you do you think that the they basically want to enslave the galaxy don't they right yeah so they can make mobile phones in factories (laughs) so they can uh avoid tax law um it's hmm. yeah Uh, but uh do you think what what does it all mean eh? i don't know but the m the m uh emperor do you think that he thinks he's being evil? Is he like, ha ha, I'm so evil? Or is he going, finally, we're going to have peace and quiet. I'm going to be in complete control and everything's going to be in order. Clue. Do you think he's doing it for... Out of he was some... probably bullied at, at school. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. But anyway, I, I wonder what his motivations are and what the Empire... Th- I, they always say that they're trying to beat, bring stability and peace to the universe. So I think they've got this vague sense that they're... Admi- by it's, it's under sort of extreme fascism, by, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, by creating an administrative system, they're somehow keeping everything under control and it's better that way. But they do literally enslave the yeah, I mean, yeah, well, and they, they, they put them into mines and... Yeah, completely. But how are they going to do that? How are the rebels going to get around that? How are they going to break down that infrastructure? Well, how are they going to... What are they going to offer that's better? Yeah, well, you know... Anarchy? No, it's probably like liberal capitalism. I'm drifting towards the dark side, basically. <laughs> Can you see? <laughs> what are these rebels seem very reckless? What are they going to do? Okay, you've wiped out the empire. What happens to yeah, trade? The, well, all the jobs. What happens to jobs? All that infrastructure. Like, oh, I, was, I was fine. I had a cushy job for the empire before you came along. Oh, yeah. And oh. now, like, the whole of the empire has collapsed. The whole economy. All the trade routes are fucked. Yeah. Piracy is rife. Right. There's no law and order. So so the rebels are like Brexiteers, basically. Well, they're whatever you want them it's, to be, aren't they? That's the thing. It's like space, Star Wars. space Brexit. Everyone thinks they're the goodies. Brexit in space. Because they, you know, they're like, we've got to break away from this sort of undemocratic... <laughs> or you could say that they're like more like um, left-wing protesters. Mm, or okay. like uh, the socialists or something. I don't know. Yeah, okay. But everyone thinks that their side is the goodies that's right. the thing you can, right. you can lay onto it whatever philosophy you want to because it's vague enough right 
So I mean, you... some people would think the rebels are like gun-toting, you know, uh, cowboys. Yeah, or like out of my cold dead hands, like sort of gun control. Like well, uh, every, anyone can see themselves as N- the underdog. N- NRA people, National Rifle Association. But anyway, we're getting away from ourselves. I think it's originally inspired by World War Two films and okay. the Allies, the Allied nations in World War Two. From and what I'll... I can tell, that's like what they took their inspiration from for the Star Wars films was those kind of classic war movies. And are you going to the dark side? Um, I just think we should discuss it more. <laughs> I want to know the facts. <laughs> You're open to the dark side, basically. <laughs> okay. All right, well, you know, apparently... I want to know exactly what they stand for, exactly what they don't stand for, exactly what the rebels are going to put is, in place. There is a credo. They have, like, a sort of uh, a set of proposals. What is it? It's on the internet. Yeah, but I don't... It's, yeah. <laughs> So everything's on the internet. The em- it doesn't make it worth reading. The, I want to know for real. In the films, the, in the, the world of the films, the emperor, they never say, though, do they? The emperor is on Twitter. He's like Donald Trump. That's how he communicates. <laughs> Have you ever not wondered about that? He doesn't do big speeches. He just just tweets out like, you know, uh, this Death Star is fully operational. Hashtag, <laughs> you, know, whatever, you know. Hashtag fully operational. Ha- hashtag fully you know, like uh, this dossier about the Death Star not being fully operational. It's you fake know, news. Fake news. <laughs> so shocking. Oh, That's basically God, the, emperor, the emperor tweeting. Um, there, there is criticism of the film. Do you know what some of the people are saying about it? Criticism? Um, that it's a silly space opera that costs far too much money to yeah. make. Well, there's that, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's completely worthless apart from as vapid entertainment. It's, yeah. And people read way too much into it. Uh, yes, and that people record podcasts about it and stuff. Uh, There's much better films out there we could be talking really? about. Really? Like what? What's what's a better film you've seen lately? Of lately? Yeah. I mean, what's a film that struck you more than this one? There's a film called Arg. What's Arg? It's eight A's and a G-H exclamation Arg. Mark. I'll put the trailer on. Uh-huh. And it's a very, very low-budget British film filmed around here which is kind of like a super low-budget Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. But normal society, people walking around as normal, but it's like ape world. So oh. people communicating grunts and the... Everyone's uh, apes. Everyone's apes. So, But they're normal, they go around, everything looks the same, more, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's ape world, so the family structures are different. It's all like ape structures, and the men spend most of the time posturing yeah. and showing off to the females, and the pecking order changes constantly. Right. And they can be ostracised from the group, or there's like wild monkeys that are, aren't part of the group. So it's like Liverpool, basically. Yeah, well, it, the more you watch it, the more you realise there's very little difference between ape world and human world. Uh-huh. But they're the same, you know, in this film. It's right. v- very funny, and it's super low budget, so I don't expect anything flashy. There's no special effects or anything. So it's just people talking or grunting, going... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just made me laugh, and... Um, that's it's very silly, very stupid, but has some serious moments, semi-serious. Ah, Not serious, but as in makes you laugh because it's like real life. Okay. That's the film that's impressed you as much as this Star Wars film? No, it's not as impressive as Star Wars, but it, you could probably make a million Star Warses for the cost of this. No, you can make a million ARGs for the yeah. cost of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's still an impressive uh, film, though, isn't it? I th- yeah, I, found I was it blown away. In the cinema, I actually found my jaw dropping open slightly. Yeah. Like, I realised I was sort of catching flies going, oh, my oh God. Oh, my God, what? Because you can't believe what you're seeing. 
the for me the first 40 minutes were a bit rubbish um i wasn't completely sold there's the, a few too many characters in it I think. well there's a there's a bit where they're just like going from planet to planet it's just like can you just pick a planet please they're yeah but you get so to see planets. all the cool environments and yeah stuff. yeah yeah um and then it's really when i don't know the sort of mission begins that it really suddenly digs in and it becomes really gripping and, and fun. i really liked the baddies in this new one what about the baddies? They were just got their own little politics going on and like backstabbing and mm-hmm. kind of um, like the greasy corporate pole. Yeah. And they're kind of, you know, trying to... Career-minded yeah. bad guys. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it, it's like Mad Men in space. Right. Even though I haven't seen Mad Men, but I get the idea it's kind of like that. This corporate sort of stab you in the back kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, which is always... There's always been an undercurrent of that in Star Wars, but it's yeah. just funny. I like all it's, that stuff just like politics it's like house of cards kind of thing <laughs> everyone's like stabbing each other in the back all the time um one of the criticisms that i've read is that it's just a production line product full of star wars references without having proper character development or story it's just a money-making star wars flavored generic action movie who said that uh i don't know just press well you should you should reference your quotes man. no I've, if you're going to be an effective journalist no I've, no I've no i've fake news fake news i've read around a lot and th- thought about it and these are all the things that i've okay I've so it's noticed. not a direct quote no, it's a digest isn't it this is like uh, it's so not a direct quote. quote. No, I created no, that okay, quote. That's fine. Just yeah, wanted so to check. What do you think that? Just a production line for money making. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But most films are money making vehicles. All films are, to yeah. be honest. So that's not really a criticism in itself. For me, it's a yeah. what was that? A production line, sort of money making production well, line full of Star Wars references. Yeah, true. But if they do it well, I think the punters are going to be happy to yeah. pay for it. I think that's the thing because I wrote. Uh, yeah, that may be true, but all of all the same, they did a damn good job on it. Yeah. I mean, you can make a bad film that makes money, or you can make a good film that makes money, and they made a good one. Yeah. I mean, Ninja Turtles probably made quite a lot of money. And Not from, as much as this. No. But you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at. I do. Uh, next thing, characters. Uh, people have said that Felicity Jones and Diego Luna are a bit boring. It's hardly the, the dashing scoundrel of Han Solo... Uh, or the sassy Princess Leia, or even the whiny and naive Luke Skywalker. Yeah, possibly true, but they're more kind of blue-collar in this, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're not kind of born to the manner born. Yeah. They're more like... Um, Grunts. Sort of low-level... Yeah, the low-level unsung heroes of the rebellion. Yeah. So okay. it's kind of good like that. Yeah, they're way. just basic characters, which is quite good. Um, and you don't have time for that much characterization. I agree. Mm-hmm. But it's fine what did you think i don't buy i don't watch it for that yeah uh and anyway sort of slightly dodgy acting performances are sort of a staple of star wars aren't they because there's the forest whitaker character who kind of speaks in in this kind of voice you know and that's like oh come on when he came on i was like and you must go save the rebellion i was kind of thinking oh really and then i then i realized Oh, there's loads of characters like that in Star Wars who speak with funny voices. There's normally some really dorky English guys in the control room going, initiate level one, sir, or whatever, in a really hammy English accent. There were a lot of uh, uh, dials and levers and electronic controls. Yeah, a hell of a lot of 70s style technology, laser control units and things like that. Loads of these things. That 70s look. 
It's really mm-hmm. good. I like the aesthetic of these difficult dials that you have to turn, and handles that come down, and all these control panels. Yeah. It's kind of really sort of seems to be really inefficient. <laughs> like to control the laser, you've got to walk out to this, the end of this platform. Well, yeah, they don't want it to be easily turned off and on, do yeah. they? It's like they have to make it difficult. So it's right out on the end of this ledge. It's like an alien when she sets the self destruct sequence. Yeah. That's really difficult to do because they don't want any old grunt just doing it. You have to be absolutely sure that you're right. doing it. Right, right. You probably need several access codes and all this kind of stuff. What did you think of that robot K2SO? Um, bit sarcastic initially. Mm hmm. Um, but I kind of, you know, by the end, I was quite into him. Yeah, I thought that the, the moment... It's quite a nice idea, re, re-programming some uh, em- empirical... Empirical? <laughs> Imperial. Imperial. <laughs> this is Luke's English podcast. Yeah, welcome to Luke's English podcast. <laughs> Where we don't know how to speak English. Well, maybe you don't. Um, but yeah, they reprogrammed an Imperial droid, and he comes out a bit sarcastic. Or he's got... To be honest, I found him a bit generic at the beginning because I'm I, that's a character that I keep seeing in other situations, in other shows. This kind of character who's got no filter and doesn't understand irony and just says whatever they think and they're super intelligent. Like Sherlock is like that. He's kind of got this... It's not sarcastic, though. Sherlock, Sherlock is like really painfully honest and says whatever's on his mind. And often he's got no social skills and he upsets everyone he talks to. You know, he just tells them exactly what he thinks of them. Autistic. Yes, like that sort of thing. And this robot's a bit like that. And there's also, there are others. Uh, no, it's sarcastic, though, that robot. It's it's beyond that. It's actually got a sarcasm chip. I don't know if it's sarcasm. It's just telling you straight, you know. Um, and this, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's performance in the imitation game. Have you seen that one? No. Uh, the Alan Turing. No. He's kind of a bit special and he doesn't understand I'm irony. I'm a huge fan of Cumberbatch. Not really. No. But. Anyway, I just found that that kind of character who just sort of says whatever they think is a bit generic. Okay. But in the end, I was actually quite moved, weirdly, by that one. What else? It's a bit confusing, I found. There was a period in about half an hour in when I was like, hold on a minute. Wait a minute, what's going on? But I always have that in, in films, in the cinema. I'm always too distracted by the visuals and stuff, and I just sort of drift off of about a minute, and then I realise I've missed some crucial uh, plot point. Did you find it confusing at all? Uh, no. When we were in the cinema watching this film, uh, there was this guy with his kids in the cinema, right? Right next to you. Just one kid walking up and down the aisle. Yeah. Making loads of noise. Like, he brought his kids to the film, and they were way too young. And the one kid was just walking around, making loads of noise. It was really irritating. What about some of the references? There are lots of little geeky stuff that they've put in there that they know the fans are going to just be stoked about and really wanking on about on the internet. Things like um, blue milk in the kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The blue milk, that was a nice touch. You see some... It's some moisture farming, whatever the hell they do. Yeah, vaporators. Moisture vaporators. vaporators. Essential, I'd and say, in the desert, maybe. But why are they doing it on a waterlogged planet? God knows. No idea. Um, and they're drinking blue milk in the kitchen, and there's other things like that. And uh, some characters that we've I seen... I like the, uh, yeah. the blue squadron. Uh-huh. 
towards the end, a big battle at the end, all the X-Wings and stuff. And we've always had Red Squadron, but there's Blue Squadron. Now, yeah. I just think they look cool, Blue X-Wings. And did you notice that in Red Squadron, Red 5 gets killed? Yeah. And so that's the one that Luke Skywalker becomes in the next oh, battle. Oh, God, that's He takes geeky. the Red 5 position. Oh, dear. Uh, the fat guy dies early as well. Hawkins. I know. There's some fat guy who who gets blown up. It's a up. bit mean, because that's what happens in the original Star Wars. Yeah. So it's like they did it again. Yeah. A nice one. Very funny. And also, two of the pilots from Star Wars Episode Four are in there. They've somehow taken footage from the original Star Wars and put it into this and redone it. So you see the same actors from old footage. Um, and obviously there's, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, a CGI version of Grand Moff Tarkin. What did you think? Were you convinced by that or did it take you out of the film? Um, I just sort of stared at it going, wow, it's amazing, <laughs> but it still doesn't look like a human. Yeah. It still looks like a fake person on a digital yeah. screen. It still looked whatever. like a cartoon or something. It makes me wish they hadn't bothered. Really? Hadn't bothered. What, would they, what should they have done, though? Well, it would have of... been nice if they had had a few outtakes of him that they could have chucked in or something. Right. Or just cast a different actor like they used to do in the olden days and just let your imagination carry the distance yeah if they said this is the young Grand Moff Tarkin or whatever but it's supposed to happen right before the year the, before or the month like the week the day before, before. well like they should have written him out <laughs> no I don't know I don't really know I quite like the way they got the character it didn't really bother me but it, it's it doesn't you, you can immediately tell it's not a real yeah. person I like the way that they got the character into the story and built it in so that in episode four, his character's got a lot more background. The way that he's basically sort of rising to power and stabbing people in the back as he goes. I found that to be interesting and I didn't mind the CGI. I, th- I found that to be sort of quite impressive, but I didn't. it didn't matter because it sort of was for the benefit of the story because it builds his character into place in episode four, which, and I think they did it well. It was obvious what his arc was. And it makes sense. So, you know, they could have replaced him with Darth Vader. uh, But that would have meant that it was weird in episode four that he suddenly suddenly got a boss who comes from nowhere. Oh, yeah. Um, Hadn't really given it much thought. There was, um, obviously, Princess Leia appeared. Was that CGI Leia? Was that CGI? CGI Leia. What did I say? An out, an outsert like a, a clip from the old footage. So it was a CGI. It was a CGI it? Princess Leia. That's, That's weird. Because right. the the night we watched that, or the evening we watched that, she died. Yeah, Carrie Fisher died on the day that we watched probably it. Watching it, she's probably dying as we were watching it. Oh come on! <laughs> well, <laughs> roughly, it's possible. Yeah, roughly. That's really strange, don't you think? Yeah, really freaky that we're well. there watching a CGI version of her as a young woman, and the same day she goes. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's, weird. It's not that weird, but it's a bit creepy. Yeah, and it's sad. sad. It's it very sad. Because I, I th- she got you know messed up by Hollywood. Yeah, she did, and she came from a sort of family, a Hollywood family, and her mum was a movie star and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars must have been a pretty wild ride, and you know, apparently she was sort of off her head for the filming of some of the the, the movies. I think they all were. Yeah, there, there was a lot of um, craziness going on. Um, anyway, but she seems to have been a good thing, Carrie Fisher. As far as I can tell, she seems great. I don't know if she was particularly happy, but um, no. she's she's very funny. She wrote some funny books, apparently. Yeah. She's she's good on Graham Norton. Yeah, always funny on chat shows and things. And just seemed to be... She got 
kind of all right. Buried in a giant Vicodin tablet. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. How, what? So, so she was cremated. Or was it, no, uh, Prozac. Prozac. Prozac, yeah. yeah. So she was cremated and, you know, when someone is cremated, their, their ashes are put inside a container called an urn. An, an urn. And um, I guess her family thought it would be funny because uh, apparently Carrie Fisher used to have this big plastic Prozac uh, tablet, which was like a sort of little container, like a box, but it looked like a big Prozac a shop pill. display one or something. Yeah, and she used to have that, and she thought it was funny, and so they thought it would be appropriate to put her ashes into this Prozac pill. Um, so, you know, a wicked sense of humour, really. Yeah, pretty messed up. And pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah, pretty messed up. <laughs> Going back to the Star Wars film again, um, there are lots of other references. It's all very geeky. It's probably not necessary to go through all the different references Right, but there are lots of them, um, including references to the previous f- uh, films, the prequels, and references to stuff that we know is going to happen in Episode Four. Um, and you know these different characters: the the girl, um, Jin Erso. She's a bit sort of like an upper class English girl, isn't she? Oh God, I saw her on TV going. Um, yes, I'm from a place called Birmingham. So, yes, and she's going over there that you call your mate your mucker, and I was like, well, not really. Really I've heard people say mucca. Aaron yeah, but says it's mucca. not the main Brummy thing. Right, though. Wouldn't no. be the first thing you'd say as far as Brummy slang, and it doesn't. She doesn't sound like a Brummy, but I she, she is. Sounds like she's. I mean, she might be from Birmingham, but she sounds like she's been to acting school and all that Which stuff. Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Best place to go. I if thought you she learned to act. Probably. I thought she was good. I mean, it's it's another one of those sort of characters that's a young girl, like a sort of a young girl fighting. Um, you know, we've seen a few of those, like in the Hunger Games films and um, the previous Star Wars film. Yeah, Orson Krennic, the bad guy, um, in white, the guy who wants, you know, he's ambitious and yeah, he was pretty good value for money. Yeah, evil idiot, like wanker. Uh, Darth Vader turned up at the end. That was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, when Vader arrives, and we're spoiling all over this shop here. Uh, but I'm sure I'm going to do an, an announcement beforehand. Uh, when he arrives, it's just like, whoa, yeah, right? It's moody. It's the first time he's seemed really genuinely scary, yeah. I think, in all the films. Because he always seemed not that scary to me. Yeah. A bit in uh, Jedi, I suppose. He's quite scary in that. But um, yeah, he's genuinely scary in this bit. Yeah, and he kind of, basically, there's this airlock corridor and there's about 10 guys in there, and he just proceeds to just basically go through them all, and they're all tr- es- trying to escape, and he's there's that scene where he kind of stabs one with a lightsaber, and it goes through the door, and then the door opens, you know? Yeah, it's I'd quite, like to see that quite scene well done in the cinema. Yeah, it was very, uh, very well di- directed and put together. Uh, oh, Galen Erso, in fact, was the father who, who sort of designs the Death Star, it's quite good. Don't, do you think it's good the way they they sort of type, uh, added that bit of story, explaining why there's a weakness yeah, in the Death Star? Yeah, that bit was good, because you always thought it was a bit of a joke that the Death Star could be destroyed so easily, seemingly so easily. Yeah. And they kind of ex- did explain that it was put in there as a, like, back door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they kind of dug themselves out of a potential problem there. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I wrote this down before. Galen Erso was a genius. He designed this weapon with a fatal flaw and he hid the weakness 
deep within the design. It allowed the rebels to destroy it. Even when they rebuilt it, it could be destroyed again. Even Starkiller Base got destroyed, perhaps because it was based on the same design. But the weapon was so effective that the Empire relied on it too much, and it made them weak. And ultimately, that's what led to the the end of the Empire. They put all their eggs in one basket. Thing is, though, I can't help sort of analysing all this stuff. As if it's real. As if it's real. Yeah. It isn't. It's just, <laughs> just been made up. There's no point thinking about it in too much detail. Yeah. No, there really isn't. But anyway, I've, overall, I found it to be an enjoyable uh, story set in the Star Wars universe, full of like Star Wars references that I personally enjoyed. So it was like, oh, look, there's those guys from the cantina bar, you know, Bumface and the other dudes. Yeah, they're cool. And, you know, these things, I enjoyed that. But I also found it to be quite pacey. I like some of the amazing effects of, like, the planet being hit by the Death Star laser and, you know, the whole planet going up and all that stuff. And some of the scenes um, in space above the the, uh, port into the planet, you know, and you're sort of flying these big spaceships over the hole and you look down onto the surface of the planet and stuff. Um, And uh, just the the sort of heart-pounding action that you get in the second half of the film when they're doing the assault on this sort of space station thing and there are like Atat walkers coming out of the sea and, you know... all Where this, did they come from, those Atat? They just come out of the sea sort of thing, don't they? <laughs> no. They just come trotting in from somewhere. I don't know, but they just arrive out of the mist. <coughs> you know... And all this, all Warwick the, Davis was in it. Warwick Davis is like this little creature with a gun. <laughs> and when we got outside, I was like, eh, Warwick Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's always in it. He's, he's like a... Uh, he's in Life's Too Short with Ricky Gervais. And uh, he's also in... Um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, Return of the Jedi, and and so on. Um, as he's Wicket, the uh, Ewok. Yeah. Um, all right, then. So you and you agree? Uh, yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to this one particularly. Yeah. Wasn't going to go and see it. I probably wouldn't have gone to see it if Luke wasn't going and my dad. But actually, once I was in there, I really enjoyed it. Um, so for what it is, it's a great, great addition to the Star Wars yeah. set. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, And it's certainly a lot better than most action films that I see. Even if you forget all the Star Wars stuff and forget that you you know really into it whatever if it's just as a space film Mm -hmm. it's one of the best i've ever seen and it's one of the best action films i've ever seen as far as special effects and stuff going on that's exciting it's it's pretty brilliant did you feel emotionally involved in it not hugely i got a little bit oh towards the end the 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 last bit when you realize they're all gonna die when they all start dying (laughs) yeah then it's like oh yeah it's quite nasty i i actually was a little bit moved by those moments. Mm. You know, when they start dying, it's like, oh shit. Like the, the robot, when that one goes, it's like, oh, oh, actually, I was sort of getting to like him, yeah. you know, and some of the others, it's like tragic circumstances in which they go. And it, I've, that I found quite if, quite moving. Yeah, all right. What about the next Star Wars film? Because we're getting another one in Christmas. I've had this. enough now. Really? They can stop now. That's fine. They've done it. They're never going to stop, though. You said earlier. They're never, ever going to stop. Ever. Never, ever, 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 <laughs> never, ever. Um, really? You think we're going to get um, fatigue, Star Wars fatigue? I've already got it. After 40 minutes of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But if, if the world doesn't have Star Wars fatigue, it it, it will do after this. Um, yeah. So what's the next one going to be about? Then? The next one. So what we have... 
so obviously Rogue, Quickly. Rogue One obviously finishes and then it's episode four, five and six and then seven. And the next one is episode eight. Oh my God. And that's what, do you remember what happened at the end of episode seven? Only Not a, a clue. Only a year ago. Um, you don't remember. So they blow up. There was some spaceships and yeah. something blew up. They blow up Starkiller Base, which is like the Death Star, but bigger. Um, and Kylo Ren, who's this sort of uh, Han Solo's, uh, Princess Leia's son, who's kind of slipped to the dark side and become this guy called oh, Kylo Ren. Oh, him, the emo kind of guy. Yeah, and he's been like doing naughty things and he's working for this dude called Snoke. We don't know but who he, he is. he dies at the end of it, doesn't no, he? No, he gets kind of, he sort of gets defeated by uh, the girl, Ray, And it's a bit sort of like, hold on, she learns the force pretty damn quickly with no training and manages to beat him in a lightsaber fight. Uh, and then the, they both get rescued from the planet. Um, but, you know, that's a bit suspect, you know, that she sort of learns it all so quickly. Anyway, he goes back and manages to escape, with, but he's like being cut by a lightsaber. She goes back and she searches for Luke Skywalker, and it ends with her going up to the top of that uh, green uh, island in, uh, in Ireland, you know, the Skelligs. Yeah. And um, she goes up there, and there's Luke Skywalker standing on the top, and he turns around, he looks all moody. And so we expect that what's going to happen in this one is that she'll be trained by Luke Skywalker. We need to first uh, first of all find out what Luke Skywalker's like. Is he mad or is he if more powerful with the Force? What's he been doing? What's happened to him? What's he learned? And what does, it, what does he know? And then what can he do? And maybe he's going to train her. We'll have an Empire Strikes Back type training situation. He's going to be like the big Lebowski. Yeah, really? <laughs> he's gonna say what is he gonna say I hate the fucking eagles man <laughs> yeah um, and he's gonna be like dude yeah uh, anyway uh, maybe there'll be a training sequence where Ray's jumping around on the island she's got Luke Skywalker in a, Skywalker in a backpack you know, like in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda in a backpack, you know. <laughs> and I, I suppose Kylo Ren's going to, I don't know what, he's going to try and take over the universe or something? Again? I yeah, I don't know. Oh, It's hard to know what's going to happen. So tiring. <laughs> <laughs> just chill out. Can everyone just sit down for a bit? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, what do you think about an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? Starring oh a, an Obi Wan Kenobi movie um, played by who? Ewan McGregor, because he's still, you know, I like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor to star in an Obi Wan Kenobi movie As set a smack heat set bef- set in Glasgow, <laughs> no Edinburgh, set in Edinburgh. Obi-Wan, he's a Obi-Wan. he's a he's a fucking junkie. Yeah, he's become a junkie in Edinburgh. <laughs> you these are the drugs you're looking for. <laughs> Um, but it could be Ewan McGregor on the desert. <laughs> choose life. Choose life. Choose being a Jedi. Choose pissing the rest of your life away on Moss fucking Isley. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out. Train Spotting 2 is coming Oh, that'll out. be good. It looks horrible because they've really moved on and it's like up to date now, yeah. and it, which is just as horrible as it used to be. Talking about Train Spotting, that film by Danny Boyle with uh, Ewan McGregor in That'll it. be really interesting. Train Spotting 2. Yeah. Yeah? That'll be grim and horrible. It will be. Good. It'll be really yeah. horrible. And Train Spotting was a deeply misleading film as far as uh, oh, yeah. heroin. It's fucking it's, brilliant. It's really glamorous. <laughs> everything goes really fast and there's a brilliant kind of punk rock soundtrack to everything. If you like this film, try new heroin <laughs> made in Scotland. 
<laughs> it, it, it was a bit sort of, uh, you know, glamorous, wasn't it? Yeah. Glamorizing. Anyway, who knows? A good film, though. Good soundtrack. Yeah. So how did we end up talking about... Because uh, we're talking about Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Even though he doesn't speak like that. He's more like Ewan McGregor. He's got like a posh Scottish voice, hasn't he? I can't do Scottish accents. But uh, it could be good, though. Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting against the sand people on Tatooine. On smack. On smack. <laughs> Here, mate, have you got any, you got any, got any Rizzler? You know. Take the best Jedi experience you've ever had. <laughs> multiply it by a thousand and you're not even close. You see that feeling? You know when you feel the force? <laughs> that ain't nothing, son. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Cross, cross, what do they call it? I don't know. Like when two worlds meet, they have like Batman versus someone... Yeah. They yeah. call it cross something. Inter-franchise kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Train spotting meets Star Wars. Yeah. Ewan McGregor in it. Spin-off. Spin-off kind like of thing. Like Lego Star Wars right. train spotting. We, could you? Could we have any other spin-offs, do you think? Like, um... Well, you've got to think of what other... You could meet Han Solo is Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Han Solo is, uh, you know, Harrison Ford as... Indiana Jones in Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Or what's what's the but one? What, how would he do the that? One where he's uh, like um, uh, a Mormon or something. Oh, uh, witness the witness. He's a cop and he's he's seen some corruption. He has to go and hide. Yeah. Oh, he has that's to hide right. With some with some Mormon people, uh, Amish people. Amish, yeah. yeah, Amish, Amish, Amish. And the guy, the bad guys, come to get him and stuff. So and he has what, to shoot his way out with a blaster. Han Solo in that in that <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah. It's like a sort of drama, a uh, uh, psychological thriller, but with blasters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there, there's probably Forrest a... Whitaker's character, Ghost Dog Two, <laughs> but he's a Jedi. Right, because Forrest Whitaker was in that. He basically gi- plays the same character in both films, anyway. He so. was in that Jim Jarmusch film called Ghost Dog. And it was he was like an assassin kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, he was like a basic, humble assassin. He lived by the samurai code yeah, kind of thing. in New York. Right. Or something. It's a pretty cool film. It's cool to look at, but it doesn't really do anything. No, it's very sleepy. Like most of Jim Jarmusch's films are quite sleepy. Actually, I watched the new uh, Stooges documentary, Jim Jarmusch made. Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch made a documentary about Iggy and the Stooges. Iggy Pop. Yeah, and I downloaded it from iTunes for five ninety nine. Yeah, and then I could only watch it like for forty eight hours. Rental and it expired. Yeah, like, how expensive is that? Six yeah. quid. Yeah, for for one viewing. But I really wanted to see it, but it wasn't that great. Maybe it was the six quid that was hurting. Really? But um, the best thing to do if you want to learn about the Stooges, just listen to Raw Power, very the loud. The yeah. last album. I reckon or o- any of their albums. I reckon Obi Wan Kenobi would be a fan of the Stooges. Oh yeah, you're a fan of the Stooges, are you, mate? Well, that's another link back to Train Spotting. That's right, Train Spotting and Obi Wan Kenobi again. Um, so who knows what kind of stuff we're going to see in the future? Some kind of Indiana Jones, uh, um, Han Solo crossover. Um, but the Stooges doc is all right. It's is worth it? seeing. It's worth, definitely worth seeing. Okay. It's called Gimme Danger. Gimme Danger. The, the Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. All right then. Fine. Do you think we've uh, finished? Yeah, should we do some English language or something? What, what what's a good phrase? Uh, some cinema phrases. Cinema phrases. I mean, what kind of thing? Like uh hello, can I have uh, two tickets to see Star Wars um 
What's the new? Yeah, record? all right. Come on, let's let's do that. You're you're a customer, and I'm. No, I'll be the I'll be the. You'll guy behind you'll be the, the guy behind the behind yeah. the counter. Okay, so I'm going to go to the I'm cinema. Just ignoring you at the moment. Let's, talking to my co. Yeah, let's just make. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, like. <coughs> so and so made the same. The customer service person's not really listening to me. It's anyway, gonna be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just got. Hang on a minute. This is going to be awkward. I'm going to have to try and get her attention. Uh, his attention. Uh, oh, hello, excuse, mate. excuse me. Oh, hello. Excuse me. Yes, hello. Do you want something? Um, yeah. Can I have um, two tickets to see uh, Star Wars uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, please? Two tickets for Rogue One. Ro- no, Rogue Rogue One, not Road One. <laughs> I don't want to see Road One. Rogue One. Please. Any preference where you sit? Just in the cinema would would be good somewhere. So I've got two in F, F7 and F6. Is that all right for you? Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. I assume you want two tickets. You're I not do. sadder. Yeah, I do okay. want two tickets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll be um, 24.98, please. 24.98? Yes. My God, that seems like a lot. Uh, London prices, sir. Is that in 3D? Uh, yes. It is. Oh, is it? Do you have a 2D version? No. Oh, wonderful. All right, I'll have the 3D version. Fine. Do I need to buy the glasses? Uh, unless you brought your own, sir, yeah. Okay. That's well, another that's... £10, please. Another £10. So that's, what, 30, what, £37 or something? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Do you want a drink, sir, or a hot no, dog? No, thanks. <laughs> Certainly not. Uh, all right, there you go. There's the money. Um, Just bear with a minute. System's running a bit slow today. Just bear with me. God. It's not what it used to be, is it? Eh? Going to the cinema, they charge you bloody thirty-nine euros or pounds. There you go, sir. Do you want your receipt? Uh, yes, please. Hang on a sec. Just got a little print out. <sighs> there you go, sir. Enjoy the film. Thanks very much. All right. So then you walk through the cinema, and uh, you contemplate. You probably go to the toilet first, <laughs> and you join all the other guys who go into the cinema, going to the loo. The the building is is hotter than it sort of should be. It feels a bit so airless. You're and immediately hot. thinking you could do with a can of coke or a drink. Yeah. So you buy a bottle of water. You run back. You're feeling a bit stressed as well because the film's going to start. You're kind of stressed. You're running back to get some water. You get it. You think, oh god, do I still need a piss? And then you go in anyway, and you find your seat, and it's all a bit weird. And you realise you got your coat on. You're then too you got hot. Twenty five minutes of adverts and trailers. Yeah. What? Did you, god, the adverts oh, and the trailers. Adverts are horrible. They are terrible, aren't they? Especially the adverts. Like these kind of patronising visions of sort of normal life presented to you like some reality show. And they're just trying to sell you insurance or something. And it's just car advert after car advert after car advert. How many different car adverts did we see uh, before the film? Let's... Let's wrap it up. We're going on a tangent. We are. Here. Okay. Well, I thought I'd just run through. We could do another one on advertising another time. Yeah. Let's do that, that another time. That would be good, wouldn't it? Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's it then. Thanks very much, ladies and gents, for listening to this conversation. James, yep. anything else to. Actually, can I just, um, can I just sort of uh, go through something with you? Cause, um, I just want to recommend the film Arg. Yeah. What else have I seen recently that's good? That's it, man. I saw French Connection 2, not that that's new, but I bet no one's no. seen the French Connection 2. French Connection is a film by William Friedkin starring Gene Hackman. who Gene Hack- And Roy Schneider. And jo- Roy Schneider. And, and uh, Gene Hackman, as far as I know, has never made a bad film. If, if Gene Hackman is in it, it's a good film. Pretty much true. Except Superman 4. I like Superman 4. Do you really? Because of Gene Hackman. Right. The scenes with Gene Hackman in are good. He's believable. He is. He's always great I don't know um, but French Connection is a very famous film which you should definitely see if you haven't seen great it great car chase French Connection 2 is uh, I didn't even know existed until yesterday mm. and I found it online not going to say where but it's quite easy to find <laughs> <laughs> and um, French Connection 2 online view 
And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's really, really good. But you definitely need to see the first one first, okay. obviously. All right. Um, I just wanted to run through a couple. Oh, and Down Terrace is a good film. Down Terrace. Yeah, that's another film sort of made on a zero budget. Yeah. Last time you and I spoke exclusively on the podcast was in August. Exclusively? It, exclusively. I mean, without other people there. Oh, okay. I think that's the correct word. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm surprised yeah. you know how to use it. Yeah. So it was just us. Um, and uh, it was in August and we were in a pub garden and we were talking about serious stuff. And you expressed the sense that you kind of didn't want to talk about that kind of thing. I just wanted to... And also, well, don't don't make that noise. Don't read out any comments. It's no, I'm, read, I'm just reading out four comments. Oh, so one of them is from a guy called Piotr. Uh, or is it Hiroshi? I don't know. But anyway, this person said, If it wasn't for your brother, I wouldn't have learned the word ape shit. <laughs> That's the advantage of this podcast. So... You know, you're teaching people valuable. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. That's, that's a good word. Ape shit. It's go ape shit, isn't it? It's basically just to go mental, like to really go, a- go crazy and maybe wreck the place, or just generally go too far in something. Get really angry as well, perhaps. Yeah, probably. Like the way a monkey would just suddenly go crazy. <laughs> it's just to go ape shit. It's kind of like, <laughs> oh, I you know pissed off to the work from work early. And I left half a painted floor and the manager stepped on it. He went absolutely apeshit. Yeah. It's like I left work at lunchtime. I just left a half a can of paint on the floor. Yeah, my boss is going to go apeshit. Okay, to go apeshit. Here's another one from Nick. And it said, maybe James always says that he isn't an expert uh, because his voice really sounds like an expert's voice from the BBC or something. This low, serious, clear voice. Maybe James Bond should sound like that. And the most cool thing... Uh, is that when your brother says some joke after a period of serious talking, and it, it makes an extremely amusing effect. Oh. So I think all Lepsters want to hear your brother on the podcast. Here's another one. Elisa, from I think from Finland, says, I think James is quite a fascinating person. He's more an artist than a talk show man. <laughs> or a podcaster. Oh, you and dear. your father seem to be a bit different. Uh, you you actually want to meaning dad and me are, are similar to, and different to you, right? Uh, you uh, you actually want to know and explain stuff from A to Z, but James is not so keen to jump into those conversations. He is sensitive, serious, <laughs> and, and humorous guy, but at the same time reserved, and that's totally fine. Is he sounding arrogant? No, not at all. Do I still want to listen to him? Absolutely. <laughs> and no matter what the topic is, from cows to stars or whatever. Uh, um, cows? I've never talked about cows, but we could <laughs> we could talk about cows and stars. Good name for a new podcast, from cows, cows and, to stars. I think that could be my new album title, Cows and Stars. From cows to stars. From cows to stars. Yeah, it could be a, a, a witty book for learning from English. From the cradle to the grave. From, from the... cows to stars. Um do you want to talk about cows? Um, How do you feel about cows? I don't really think I'm qualified to talk about cows, Luke. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a dick, sort of starting going on about cows, when I'm really not an expert. But we're not looking for an expert opinion on cows. We just, well, I think cows are nice, okay? We just want to know... I like what, eating them. We just want to know what a normal person just has to say about cows. Just be normal. You know, it's not being... Ar- you're not going to be arrogant okay, if you start talking uh, about cows. Yeah, cows are great. Next. Eri Taguchi, who is a regular commenter from Japan, says, Hi Luke and James, thank you for another episode which you guys, uh, in which you guys were having an authentic, natural chat. What I feel about it is this. James, what do you worry about? Oh, God. I've never thought you were arrogant or idiot. 
it's it's just because it's a contentious subject that I was talking about, and I didn't really feel qualified to pontificate on it. That's all. Yeah, I have. Hey, let's move on. I often think you're arrogant or idiot. Yeah. So um, well, yeah. Uh, and, you know me anyway, quite well. they, basically the point is that they like you. Uh, some of them, some of them, re- some of them really like you. For example, this one. Um, anyway, I like James very much. Not only his voice. Ooh. What? Apparently, someone likes you very much, and not just well, your they voice. They don't know anything beyond my. They voice. like the voice and more than the voice as well. A bit creepy. creepy. Is that creepy? I like you very much, and not only your voice. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway. Um, I think we could have done without this end bit. Really. Well, I needed to get. I needed to do it. I'm sorry. I just needed to kind of. Um, How long has this been? An hour. Yeah. Oh, you know, sorry. You know what? Uh, recently, I did an episode where I talked about wanting to do shorter episodes and asking. You did a twenty-minute intro about how you're going to cut down your intro time. <laughs> no, but I asked them what I asked my listeners what they thought. Yeah, but let me guess. You gave them a multiple choice. No, I do you want medium, large, or extra large? And most people went for large. No, I didn't do that. I didn't. Even though they're all the same product. I just talked about it. I just talked okay. about how okay, okay, it okay, might okay, be good okay. to do shorter episodes. All right. What? Why are you doing that? Why are you sighing like that? I'm not that? doing anything. Uh, and anyway, independently of what I said, people wrote back saying they like episodes that are like an, over an hour long. So, you know, what am I going to do, huh? What are you going to do? Okay. All right. I might go to the shop and get a few beers. Okay. Good idea. Go to the shop and get a few beers. Okay, we can stop talking now. Thanks. Just sit in silence again. Because <laughs> when I'm not on this podcast, I'm just sitting in silence. Or texting. Yeah, texting in silence. <laughs> Do you want to play James Bond on the Nintendo? Which one is it again? It's, it's a it's, Nintendo 64. No, it's a Nintendo GameCube. Nintendo GameCube. It's, it's James Bond, GoldenEye. It's um, not GoldenEye, isn't it's it? a different one. It's called uh, Agent Under Fire. Yeah, that's it. It's not even an official film. It's just a random spin-off. Yeah, but it's pretty good. It's great. It's just a first-person shooter. First-person shooter, a bit like GoldenEye. It's kind of modelled on GoldenEye, but not as good as that. Um, and we just spent about an hour yesterday chasing each other around a building, blowing each other up, didn't we? You killed me a lot more than I killed you in that one. Yeah, because I've been playing it for years. Yeah, I mean, you were... Uh, I'm bored of it now. I've played it so much. Really? You're just... Casually killing me, just yeah, bored. kind of like oh, it's not, dull. oh, there we go, killed him again. How boring! See the way he fell down, so predictable. Yeah, right. I'm going to the shop. Okay, go to the shop. Do you want anything? Anyone want anything? Just does anyone want anything from the shop, ladies and gents? What do you want? Uh, biscuits. Um, All right, let's so, leave it. So, I'll see you later. Yeah. Okay. Nice to speak to you. Bye, Luke. Bye, bye, bye. So he's now going to uh, the shop to get some uh, beer. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Thanks very much for listening. Um, and uh, we've been rambling on all over the shop in this one. Uh, but I understand from your correspondence that that's the kind of thing that you like to listen to. Um, anyway, I'm sure that I'm uh, I'm going to sort of edit a few little bits and pieces out here and there just to clean it up. Um, I'm not talking about editing out swearing. I don't generally edit that stuff out, but uh, just generally neaten things up a little bit. Um, All right. Thanks very much for listening. I look forward to reading your comments on the website about Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and that you kind of managed to keep up with our rambling review, which uh, drifted around all over the place, uh, even into talking about other films and completely different things. But anyway, uh, it's one of those episodes. Um, So leave your comments on the website. I look forward to reading your comments. Okay, then. That's the end of this episode, and I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, 
it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.